0: points. Now leave it to the youth pastor to get super excited, jump up on the stage and spill water everywhere. So you guys, thank you guys so much for having, you know, I love this church so much. And I love that we get to do church, not just in the house, but online. So for everybody watching online, can we give them a huge round of applause for Facebook, YouTube, church online. We love you guys. We hope to see you soon in the house, but if you live in another continent somewhere, we still would love to see you, but thank you for watching with us online. So we are taking a break from the series that we have been on called We Are South Point to talk a little bit about something that I have been praying over and thinking about for the last couple of weeks. It's been, it's been on my heart, and so I want to kick this off with a story. Anybody else have a weird, awkward high school transition from middle school? Anybody? Nobody? Me? So I transferred from, from one school, public school, to a private school, and I didn't know anybody. Anybody? I didn't know anybody at all. And so, you know, the, the really awkward thing for me was freshman year, I'm, I'm, the first classes are done. I have first period lunch. And so I'm thinking, okay, I'll go, to, I'll go to lunch, right? So I go into the lunchroom, I walk in, it's all these tables and I don't know anybody at all. So I'm a little nervous, a little worried. And so I find this open seat. So naturally I just, I just you know, take a seat and got my little Ironman lunch box, cause I'm a nerd. And I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, this is gonna be great. And as the lunchroom starts to fill up, I start to realize why this seat was open was because it was saved for some upperclassmen, um, also upperclassmen that didn't look anything like me. Uh, they played sports, they were really intelligent and all these other things. And so I felt kinda out of place for a minute, for a couple of minutes, and one of the guys just kinda broke the silence and went, all right, man, so why are you sitting here? And I went, oh, well, my name's Carson. I'm, I'm really excited that you guys are, you know, I hope I can sit with you guys. So I'm like, sure, that's fine, man, no big, no big deal. And so days went on, weeks went on, and so that kind of awkward phase started to move out of the way, and we started to become more friends. While we were going through this, uh, I also had the pleasure of encountering my first high school bully, right? Now, I'm a big guy, but in high school, I was still a big guy. uh, But I wasn't as, you know, kind of, you know, out there and outgoing, and I was really kind of shy. And so when I was dealing with this bully, he would come out of class, he'd knock the books out of my hand, everything like that. And so one day I'm late to lunch, again, I show up, I'm, I'm sitting and I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm all good. And they're like, hey man, you, you've been late the last couple of days, where have you been? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just dealing with somebody at school, you know, somebody at second period, it's, it's no big deal. They're like, you sure, you, you don't need any help? I'm like, no, no, I'm good, I promise, I'm perfectly fine. I'm like, okay. So the next day happens and I am walking in that second period, getting ready to go to lunch and there's the bully. And I'm just thinking, okay, I can, I can cut through the corridor and get around and avoid him completely. Well, he makes his way to me, and then out of dead silence, you just hear, Hey, man, what are you doing? And it turns around, and it's one of the guys I was sitting with. And this dude is about six foot six, about 280 pounds. He played the linemen, for the Lyman for our high school team, and then went on to play for the Cardinals. He picks this dude up with both hands, puts him on the locker, lets go with his left hand, says, Is this the guy that's been messing with you? And then out of nowhere, everybody else started coming out from the classrooms as well. And so all the guys who were sitting with me, all those upperclassmen that I felt like I wasn't really connecting with, they stood up for me. And so in that moment, I was like, no, no, it's everything's fine. You can can let him go. In the back of my mind, though, I was like, yeah, get him. He's been picking on me for weeks. (laughs) Knock his books out of his hands. I say that to say that we all live in a comfort zone, right? For me going into high school, it was very uncomfortable to sit at a seat that no one else was sitting in, and to connect with people that I had no connection with. And for a lot of y'all that are OCD, you're kind of worried about why is the chair not in the middle of this carpet? It's really bugging me. Well, I'm saying that to say that I think too often in our lives, our comfort zone ends up creating the most discomfort in our lives. Right? Because when we stay comfortable, we accept things that may not be good for us. Right? We accept things that may not be good for us. So I think, has anybody ever had a bad relationship, right? Or, oh, you look just like your dad, or you're just like your mom. Those things kind of stick with us, and as we get older, those things become attached to us. And then if we see the things we don't like, they, we just kind of accept them, like, well, I'm exactly like my dad, or I'm exactly like my mom, or I'll always be this because I'm defined like this, or I can just stay like this because everyone sees me this way anyway, so I might as well just kind of just stay in it. You see, the comfort zone we live in ends up being the thing that creates the most discomfort. And especially if y'all haven't seen what's going on on Tuesday, the whole world's either going to light on fire in one camp or light on fire in another camp, depending on where you stand. And I think a lot of us in life, we sit, like the picture right here, we sit like this dog, and we just sit there in the middle of a fire and all the chaos in our lives, and we go, I'm fine. I work late because I don't want to have that conversation about money with my wife, but I'm fine. Yeah, it's going to be deep. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I have, I can catch those kids' games next year. I can, I can invest next year into my family. I can be defined different next year. 2021's coming. I can start all over again. I'm going to lose that 20, 30, 50, 100 pounds I gained during quarantine. I'm going to look good. Yeah, I was one of those people too. So I get it. I get it. But you think about it again, guys, the comfort that we live in is really causing us the most discomfort. And we're gonna dive into today looking at a choice that we all have in front of us, right? If you guys have your worship guides in front of you, I encourage you to take notes. There's no cheats inside because I wouldn't be like really emulating Pastor Craig unless I said that note takers are the history makers. So if you guys will check the screen, it's Deuteronomy 30, 19. Now I know, We let the youth pastor preach, he spills water, and now he jumps right to the Old Testament. I get it. I get it. Take a deep breath and follow with me. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. I place before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life so that you and your children will live and love God, your God, listening abundantly to him, firmly embracing him. So, Moses is writing this. If y'all don't know who Moses is, this is a quick theological, like theologically 101, right here, ready? Moses was kind of the main writer of most of the first five books of the Bible. He led the Israelites out of Egypt. And he's writing this as he's about to pass over the leadership baton. They've just gotten out of Egypt, they've gotten through all the slavery, they've gotten through being exiled from the promised land for 40 years. And he says, Look, you guys have two choices. My people, my friends, my brothers and my sisters, you have life in front of you, life connected to Christ, life connected to God, or you have what everything else in the world can offer. That comfort that you've been told who you are, how you are, and who you will ever be, or the chance that maybe something that's out of place could be different. Maybe. Maybe. Well, guess what? They chose the curse because then we have all the rest of the books of the Bible in the Old Testament that talk about the Israelites getting over what they're dealing with, all the struggles, all the enslavements from other nations, all these different problems. But then the prophecy that was foretold that Jesus was going to come on the scene and Jesus was going to change everything, he comes on the scene, he comes. And then right here in John 6, 37, he says, All the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. So Jesus is saying, Just come to me. I know that 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 wonderful lifestyle that you've built, but you don't have a relationship with your kids outside of the things you have to do. But, but try me. I know you have that security in what you think your family unit looks like, but you've really forgotten what it's like to love your spouse over the years. But 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 trust me. But people people didn't follow Jesus then because then we continually have the disciples and all of the leaders after Christ's crucifixion leading into right now. And then even, this is just recently, this was written a couple days ago from the book of Carson Kruger, chapter 316. Thou shall not throw the evangelist to the silver Dodge Ram in the left-hand lane on I-55. That's not a real book. But even I, even I, as a pastor, even I made a choice to fall back into the comfort. It was so much more comfortable just to be like, you're an evangelist. Y'all thought I was going to do it. You're an evangelist. Instead of saying, you know what? Maybe he's rushing to the hospital because someone is sick. Maybe he's having a bad day. Maybe he was let go. Maybe he just woke up on the bed and he was just, just not feeling it today. You see, we all live in a certain level of comfort. And today I want to encourage you that if you're living in comfort but you still are suffering from the issues from your family, you're still suffering from the failures you see and you don't see in your marriage, your relationships, the addictions, the certain things that pull us back and forth between really wanting just to live and be better versus where we are, then you might be living and leaning into the curse instead of the cure. Because all of us, that choice is Will you choose the curse? Will you choose death? Will you choose what the world has to offer? Will you stay in the comfort zone and not talk to those people at that lunch table because it's it's uncomfortable? Or will you choose something that could radically change your life? So quickly, to break this down, so the curse is sin. And so as Jesus came, lived, and died on the cross, he washed away all of our sin, right? Right? All you have to do is take that except to say, Jesus, I need you right now to, to repair, replenish, and fix all the stuff in me. But then from that moment until the moment that you go into the land of the living with Christ in heaven, you have a lifetime of putting that discomfort away and stepping into the comfort of Christ. The problem is, is that most of the comfort we see after we take that first step is more difficult because then we see all of the things in our lives that are more difficult to deal with. I have a problem saying and yelling things out to drivers and I really work on it, but it's going to take me a lifetime to do that. But I acknowledge the fact that, okay, it's not about salvation anymore. It's about every day choosing life, choosing the better, the better path, choosing Christ's way, choosing Jesus's way versus the way that the world would react. Simply that's what it is. Y'all with me? Y'all good? All right. Let's dive in. So with any sickness, guys, a curse, a curse is just like any kind of sickness, any kind of symptom that comes with a sickness, you have to be able to take it, look it over. My wife's the medical student, so if I butcher any medical words, she will be the first one to tell me. Uh, every curse or every sickness has symptoms. Our first symptom is the way that we view grace, the way that we view grace. Now, when I was 14, I decided to start a DJ business, for a lot of people, y'all are like, that's, there's no way that's true. It is. My mom will tell you all the funny stories after the, after the service. So when I started the DJ business, I was 14. I worked for two years tirelessly mowing yards, doing odd jobs, working with my youth pastor, who was a DJ at the time as well. So it kind of follows in the line. Uh, and I was, I was saved up all my money. I bought my first rig. I was ready to go. And I did my first job at 16 and a half. And by Haley, Mississippi, for six and a half hours for $150. I was big pimping with that money. I tell you what, I felt so good. But as I, as I put in time and energy, and by the time I hit college, I had built up a pretty good business. I had steady clients. I had uh, my name out there. We're starting to get recognized. And so I was 18. I'm, I'm feeling you know, pretty bold and pretty good. I'm like, I should be in the same conversations as the people that are doing and have been doing this for 20 years, I should be in these conversations. I should be asked to come to these, these giant conventions. I should be the one that's presented out there. And as I kept trying to put myself out there, I kept getting the same thing. No, oh, he's too young. He doesn't get it. Uh, you're just not to that level yet. And some of y'all heard that from the other job. You know, you're doing great, but you're just not what we're looking for. But, but maybe next year. Come back and see me next fall or, you know, next spring. And it took until the time that I was 22 years old, and I'm 27 now, so only five years of difference, right, that it took me to say, you know what, I can continue to live and try to fight for, to earn the, 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 the kind of acknowledgement and the love that these people would give me, my, my peers, my coworkers in this industry, or I can be excited with the fact that at 14 I started my own business, that I was able to pay for college with that business, that I was able to do things and travel and do things with my wife out of that business. You see, the problem is for all of us, we try to earn grace instead of embracing it. Because we try to, again, we earn, we try to earn grace and we should be embracing it. Because at the end of the day, guys, we want our story to be about us. We all want to be the hero of our story. I did, I wanted to, I'm a successful DJ. I did this, I did this, I did this. Look at me. That Superman pose, right? I I wanted that to be what defined me. But at the end of the day, it's about how much value you put in yourself. And you then remove the fact that it's not your story. It's your life. And it says in scripture that when we crucify our life with Christ, when we say, God, you are going to lead me in this path, I trust you. We accept that he's the one now driving. We, we pass that on and say, okay, you got this. I'm not gonna be defined by what I've earned here. I'm gonna be defined by the grace that you've given me and I'm gonna embrace it. I'm gonna embrace your grace. And that's the opposite of the world. I looked just yesterday on Instagram scrolling through and I can tell you, I didn't see a single picture from Halloween going, yes, this is just me. Don't care for anybody else. Why do people post that? A lot of people post that because it's it's that they need that attention. They need that satisfaction of like, oh, you look just like that character from Marvel. I didn't know that that fat Thor had that much of a beer gut. You know, you you start to think of those things, right? So you think of those different things, but that's what the world defines us as. The world says that you need to be looking out for you. Through this entire political climate, has anything been just, hey, how are you doing with this? How have you been? Through the different ads and different things coming on TV, has anybody just stepped it off, turned it off, and just said, you know what? Let's just talk. How how are you dealing with all this? Because the world tells us, focus on you, get everything you can while you have your time, because when your time is up, that's it. There is no ending. It's just, thanks for playing. I can give you a 100-word test every single day, You get it 100% right, every question right, and still get an F. Or I give you one question that says, do you trust God wholeheartedly? And you win, and you get an A. We put our lives way too much on the standards of the world to try to find meaning, and when we do that, we will always come up short feeling like we have always failed. But if you just trust that God gave you a grace, you can't earn it, there's nothing you can do on this earth to change that, you will see a peace and a change in your life that you've never seen before. The second symptom is patience. This is one that I struggle with. So I have a wonderful wife. Her name is Katie over here. You guys guys call her KK. Uh, She's a medical student, and so with that, uh, she's been doing medicals degree online this year, so hooray for Zoom. And uh, as she's been going through it, Katie comes up to me all the time and says, hey, I need to to try a different technique on you. Can I try a different technique on you to, to make sure I'm doing it right before I go practice it? Most of these techniques are usually done on people that actually have the symptom, right, or the thing broken. So for y'all that don't, don't realize that, anybody ever like do karate or taekwondo as a kid? Okay, this was my favorite one, and I did this to my dad several times. All right, dad, I just learned this new move in judo, but I need you to come at me just like this, and don't move, okay? Don't make any changes at all, and I can show you this move. No, perfect the technique and then show me. My spine doesn't bend this way, Katie. I, I don't have scoliosis. Like, that's, that's the thing that, that I have to be patient with, right? But we have to be willing, just like I've got to be patient with Katie as she's learning this process, we have to be willing to be patient in God's process in our life. You see, in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Anybody catch 16? Let your light shine didn't say let your light speak on Facebook. It didn't say let your light give an opinion about something. It didn't say, you know, ride the evangelist in traffic. It just says shine because I think if, if we really take our lives and we value them in the way that Christ values us and he values you so much that he decided, you know what? I'm going to leave perfection. I'm going to leave peace. I'm going to leave a world with no suffering, no pain, no even understanding of death, and I'm going to spare you and give you grace. Y'all still with me? All right, let your light shine before you let your light speak. We all know somebody that has a doctoral degree in Facebook opinion studies. Some of y'all are alumni. We need to be real honest with ourselves that if we're going to really emulate Christ here, we need to do it with our hearts and our actions before we use our words. My mom used to say, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And I would say, but that's no fun. Right? See, that's, that's not the right reaction to that. The reaction is do nice things. Embrace how great God can and will be in your life. Love on somebody. Be rationally generous, as Craig was talking about on the screen. We've been in this series for the last couple of weeks called We Are South Point, and it's talking about the very things that define who we are as a church. And so I encourage you guys. You're going to meet somebody this week, and the first opinion is going to be, the first thing is going to be like, buzzer, yes, I have an answer for that. Just stop, pause, and try to see if you can just act it out before you speak it. Just try. Try that for me. So the first symptom is we have to embrace grace because we cannot earn it. The second one is is that we have to let our light shine before we speak. The next is looking at how to train our spirit to train our spirit. One of the best people that I think represents this is a guy named Timothy in the Bible. See, Timothy, he was on fire for God because he had heard the story of Jesus. He had heard about this salvation. And so he took it and he's like, yes, I got this. I'm going to do this. I'm on fire all the way. And then he wanted to to serve and act and do whatever he could to to help his community. But he was just kind of like the Tasmanian devil. He was just spinning around and around and around, and because he had all that energy and all that drive and nowhere to really channel it, it ended up creating more destruction. See, you can be on fire for Jesus. You really can. You can accept this great thing called grace, but if you don't have a way to to put it to practice, to sharpen your biblical sword, so to speak, sharpen your, your mind, sharpen your wisdom, all that stuff we have, that spiritual faith, then it just we just get all this energy and we, we face that big thing that my generation faces, which is called burnout. And we get run so ragged that we're like that into the match that just is gone. So we have to train our spirit. So how do we train our spirit, Carson? I'm glad you asked, inner voice in my head. We go to things like plugged in. We learn about our church. We do things like servolution, where we literally get to step out of the building and be the hands and feet of Christ in the community. Again. You can give somebody gas by just coming up and just saying, I mean, you can do it without even speaking. I did that, and it really freaked somebody out. But you can do that. You can hand people out Kroger gift cards, and that makes a huge difference. You can get on a serve or a group team here. You can be one of the people that make this entire experience happen. The way you train your spirit is to continually focusing and pushing your life to the mission of Christ every day. Now, I'm not saying everybody's going to leave here and be like, I got to go to seminary. I got to become a pastor. That's what Carson said. No, it's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is this. 1 Timothy 2, 4 through 7. He wants not only us, but everyone saved. You know, everyone to get to know the truth that we've learned, that there's one God, only one, one priest mediator between God and us, Jesus, who offered himself in exchange for everyone held captive by sin to set them all free, and eventually the news is going to get out. This and this only has been my appointed work, getting the news to those who have never heard of God and explaining it how it works by simple faith and plain truth. We are called to share our simple faith and our plain truth. See, we cannot earn our grace. We can embrace it. We need to let our light shine. We need to be the hands and feet in Christ's community. And we need to get plugged into an awesome church like this. And we need to put our talents, the hidden talents that we didn't even know and the things that we're not even sure, I don't even know how to run a camera. I don't, I don't know what it's like to be in hospitality. I don't really like people, but I'll give it a shot. Dare say I'd work with the youth. Shameless plug right there. See, we, we get to accept and live out the cure every day when we do two things. We show our life through simple faith and plain truth. Now, as the, as the youth pastor, I get the opportunity to hang out with your students and they are awesome. And they have this wonderful language that they, they use for everything. And so I'm gonna use a word for you guys um, that's called a simp, right? A simp, kind of talking about being simple. I just saw my students go, don't do this. A simp is someone who does way too much for someone they like, even if they don't get any Love back. Some of y'all that are, you know, over the generations, you don't get that. So for those that don't get it, think of like Ducky from Pretty in Pink, anybody? Anybody Pretty in Pink, Ducky? This guy right here, yeah. A simp is someone who loves someone so much for Jesus, so much, so much for the other person, right? It was crazy as crazy is Jesus is a simp for you. He was a simp for me. He loves you so, so much. That even when you are walking in the comfort of all the things you've been told about your life, all the lies, all the the hurt, all the the, the garbage that you've been told about who you will be and who you will never be and how you will act and how you need to be because this is what I expect of you. He is right there, right beside you. And sometimes he's even carrying you through it saying, all you got to do is just let go. of it. Trust me. Trust me. So let's be simps for Jesus because Jesus is a simp for us. He loves us unconditionally and he will always love you no matter how far we run. The next is a plain truth. The plain truth is guys, is that being a Christian in this world in 2020 and the world to come is tough. There is no other way around it. It is tough. It takes work, it takes time, it takes a lifetime of trusting, watching and walking with God of continuously, no, I'm not gonna do that today. Continuously trusting that, you know what? I'm not defined by my hurt. I'm not defined by my addiction. I'm not defined on who I was or who I will be. I'm defined by Christ. I am defined by Christ. We need to be accountable with one another. I think we have a lot of mentors in this world. I think we do. But I don't think we have enough accountable people that are just there in our lives. I have brothers and sisters that I lean on all the time, friends and family that I know if I'm really struggling, they're gonna call me on it. And they say, nope, it's not gonna happen. I think, I think, let's get some coffee, let's talk. What's going on? And we need to trust that the promise that Christ made all that time ago in John 6:37, 637, 6, he said, For everyone that comes to me I will never cast out. We need to trust that still. In 2020, amidst all the stuff, if you have not put your trust in something else in this year, please just give it a shot. What is the worst that could happen after this year? I mean, really. Next is the aliens, man, I'm telling you. So I want to give you guys a challenge as we close. And I'm going to fall on this too because I've, I think as pastors and as people that work for a church, we fall on this rut a lot more because we get so caught up in what we've got to do that we don't put the real work that we challenge y'all to do into practice. Who are you going to share your simple faith and plain truth with this week? There's a blank line there. Write it down today, tomorrow, next week, whenever you feel like writing it down. Write down somebody. Share your story with somebody at a lunch table. Be the scared freshman to take a chance, step out of your comfort zone, and sit at a lunchroom table with people you have no idea. Don't look like you, don't act like you, have no connection with you, and just see what happens. Because the name you put on that line, I want it to be somebody that does not sit at your lunch table. Don't find somebody that's comfortable. Step out of it. If just this one time in your life, take a chance out of the comfort, out of the contentment, and, and just try something different and see what happens. I love in verse six, and this, I want to close with just, just kind of thinking about this. Eventually, the news is going to get out. The news is here. It is alive in this community. It's alive in this church. you have all been given the opportunity to take it and share it. To share it? Are you ready to hear it? You guys pray with me? You pray with me? Oh my God, I love you so much. And I thank you that you put us in moments where we get to choose discomfort. Because as iron sharpens iron, we get to just be molded and shaped. Like a potter with clay, you mold us into where you want us to be. God, let us not choose the easy route. Let us not choose this curse. Let us not choose what the world has said. Let us not choose what our parents told us or what we value ourselves at, but let's try to put our lives on the pedestal, on the mantle of who you say we are. And let's just let go of what the world says and choose, choose to embrace this grace that you give us. A lot of us have been walking in this curse for a long time. And we just need a moment to just say, I don't want to run in this curse anymore. I don't want to sit in this comfort. I want to be discomfortable. I want to be on fire for you. I want a place to, to plug in and, and, and turn right, right now. This is the moment right here, November 1st, 2020. I took a chance on something different. Guys, I'm not gonna ask you anything weird to to come forward, but if if you've made that that declaration, I just ask you to put your hands up so I can pray for you specifically. Absolutely. Absolutely. One, two, three. Awesome. Father, for these three people. Let this be the moment where their life changed, where there was a, a shift from where they said they wanted to be. they stop saying, I can't, I I don't want to, I don't want to do this without you. For them to stop listening to what the world has told them, but to listen to what you have guided and shown. Let a peace fill them, let a strength fill them, and give them direction to really step out in their faith. Father, thank you for this. Thank you for these three people. Thank you for this church, and thank you for the light that you give us to bring to our community. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. Thank y'all so much. You guys will stand with me. If you guys made that just that declaration, we have a fresh start for you guys right there at the cross. It's a great book for you guys to make that next step in your journey. We also have next week at 9 a.m. We've got a fresh start class. So if you want to come to the second service and check out Fresh Start, please do that. And if this is your first time hanging out with us, thank you so much. And we have a great, great place for you to get connected called Plugged In. That's right. After this, in our chapel, go right out here to the left, up the ramp. And you'll see people to guide your way. And as we exit, guys, make sure to exit to your right. I hope you guys have a blessed week. Stand with me. Let's lift the brand of benediction again. Lord, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. You are a rock, our strength, and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, Amen. Love you guys. Have a great week.